You are listening to the Wisdom of Wealth podcast. My name is Ryan Haley. And my name is Kyle Kempers. Whether you're at the top of your game or you're just getting started, we are here to add as much value as we possibly can to your financial education. If you want to find out more, head on over to wisdomofwealth.co. Well, welcome everybody to Wisdom of Wealth. As always, I'm Kyle Kempers and I'm joined here with Ryan Haley. Good to be with you guys again. We are excited to to do a little recap on last week's episode. I obviously was not able to attend the episode myself, and so Ryan conducted the interview with a good friend of his, Mark Livingston, and I believe it was a pretty awesome time. I don't know what your conversations looked like outside of the podcast itself, but I just got the chance to listen back on this podcast, and I feel like I'm myself walking away with a bunch of things that are all like I've got all the gears are turning. Like I'm thinking about the puzzle of life and money, and uh, you guys talked about a lot of great things. You hit the syndication. You kind of walk through how syndications work. Mark even mentioned the different types of syndications that he's interested in, the reasons why, and then you helped him break it down. And then you guys talked about infinite banking and how they, how he personally leverages IBC to build his, his financial ecosystem was the word that you used towards the end. And that word stuck with me because I think that if I had heard that a few years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, that's a fancy term. Like, that's a fancy way to say that my money kind of like, I move it over here and then I move it over here and I move it over here. But what you were actually saying when you said financial ecosystem was that my money works for me and my money goes from here to here to here to here and all i have to do is set up the processes for that money to do that for me and then i allow i can come hands off and allow it to do that and when when i think about a financial ecosystem to me it's it's one of those things where it's i'm realizing that that is the key to financial freedom and i had i had grown up listening to to dave ramsey and listening to the courses about how to put away money and be conservative and save and pay things off. And I thought that financial freedom was just not owing money to anybody on anything, owning your house outright, your cars, uh, everything else that you had, no student debt, no loans, and then just making enough money to comfortably save so that you could hopefully have enough money in your savings to fund your retirement. And what I realized is that in most cases, it's actually not financial freedom at all because you end up finding yourself battling against the the recession that we're starting to feel happen with the, in, I mean, the inflation that we're starting to feel with our finances. And you find yourself behind and constantly trying to tread water and just get your head above water. And in the individuals that have built themselves a boat and they're sitting in a boat on top of the water have done so with a lot of intentionality and understanding how to build financial ecosystems. So I want to do a recap today with Ryan. We want to break down what you guys talked about last week and also simplify it a little bit, but also want to kind of get into this, this concept of how do we make our money or allow our money to work for us. And, and let's use Mark as an example. He's a fantastic example of someone who does that. So I'll, I'll give it over to you, Ryan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like your take on that. And um, I, I do very intentionally use that word ecosystem or ecosystems. And um, just looking it up online right now, in general, it's a complex network or interconnected system. And I think that's a great way to describe these different things. And that's why we've taken so much time to go over this. Like this is our fourth episode in a row talking about these, you know, two particular types of ecosystems in this case. And there's more we'll talk about in future episodes. But you know, uh, each one by themselves is kind of, you know, complex and takes a while to understand, but is really powerful just in its own right. 
But then when you combine multiple ecosystems together and putting together, like I mentioned uh, last time, systems of systems where the compounding is happening on multiple levels. And I think what's really um, amazing to me about particularly the stuff we talked about with Mark last week is how each ecosystem kind of synergizes and enhances the other, you know, how benefits of one translate to the other and vice versa so that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Can you summarize so that we have a practical example of of uh, what you just explained beautifully? Can you give us the practical example by summarizing everything that Mark is doing? <laughs> if you yeah. can, just what you guys talked about, I know he's doing more than what he brought to the episode, but if you could summarize what was in that episode and how how that is doing what you're explaining. Yeah. So um, first thing is, you know, as we said, I think the big thing was Mark started with realizing he was at a place in his life uh, about 10 years ago that didn't, you know, really work that well. And he wasn't happy with where he was. So he started just learning and developing education and networks, which are ecosystems of themselves. You know, when you get around other people, you mentioned those syndication, um, you know, training uh, webinars or conferences And then from that, he started investing passively in those things as just an investor, usually, you know, probably real estate deals and syndications. And then he became more actively involved as a general partner, as a syndicator himself, who brings people together and matches investors to, you know, appropriate opportunities or funds. And then when he learned about, you know, privatized banking, infinite banking concept, IBC, you know, a lot of different terms, but basically using cash value from a permanent life insurance policy, which we've spoken about several times in other episodes, then he basically, he already knew what he wanted to invest in. So that was one ecosystem, right? Was the syndications, right? Both as a limited partner or passive investor, and then now more recently as a general partner and syndicator. And then he's like, well, I'm going to put my money here. I know that's going to work really well, but I'd like to enhance that further. And that's where he started using, you know, his whole life policy as a means to fund that other ecosystem of the syndications. And as we talked about, you know, by using the life insurance cash value in a very specific way that it's structured and borrowing against it, um, you're, you're putting your money to work in multiple places at the same time. And, and the compounding effect over years and decades is, you know, exponential and it has all these other benefits as well. And then the other thing that was really interesting about that particular fund that he has is because of the seven-year timeline, that aligns really well with particularly a whole life policy where there's a seven-pay kind of uh, funding schedule. And basically, you know, the policy funded the syndications to start with. And now, as he's building more and more cash flow and tax efficiency from those syndications, those go back into the policy Right. And so this is where we get the system, the ecosystems working together. It goes, you know, from his bank account into his policy, from the policy into the syndication that generates excess cash flow and tax savings, which comes back into the policy. And, you know, that's why you can see why it's referred to many times as the infinite banking concept. You're just taking something and multiplying it many times over at multiple levels. And that is, I think, a really powerful way to generate wealth fairly quickly, but especially over the long term. You know, this isn't a get rich quick scheme, but like we talked about in the last episode, you know, most people overestimate what they can accomplish within a year and significantly underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. And Mark is a great example of that. It's get wealthy and leave a legacy for the long term. 
exactly the, the ecosystem that you just explained that was the, that was it that was perfect that's the practical example you put the money into the whole life insurance policy and for those of you that are new you can go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes that we have breaking down the the IBC concept because this isn't for the sole purpose of owning life insurance it's for putting the money into the cash value portion of that life insurance and banking out of it and so once he set that policy up in year 1 he's banking out of it taking the cash out to to start the syndication or to join it, to get into it, whatever level that he's at. And then he's using the returns from that syndication, like you said, to, to make that seven pay, that seven year pay schedule with the life insurance policy. But what he's paying in isn't just covering the cost of life insurance. It's actually building a bank for him. So he has now just created an ecosystem where he's put money into an infinite banking policy and he started a syndication. And now from that point on, he's automating that system. I'm sure there's there's time and energy that goes into maintaining it, but he's basically automated the way that his money is flowing so that as he looks at that cash value and we're nearing year seven, he's looking at a large amount of cash value that he has access to borrow against. And the reason he wants to build it inside of the cash value instead of his savings is as we've talked about in the infinite banking concept, he can borrow against it without uh, eliminating the entire amount that is that is accrued interest upon. That sounded super confusing, but basically the full amount of the account continues to earn interest for him while he's borrowed against it. So he's trying to intentionally build account, an account that's cyclical, that's just constantly always going in this cycle and accruing interest for him that's uninterrupted compounding while he has access to the cash inside of it that doesn't interrupt that compounding when he accesses it to build the next syndication or to get into the next investment deal. And so I think the key here is that you're looking at money very differently. Your dollar doesn't have one job. It doesn't have one name. It doesn't do one, two, or three things for you. It does many things for you. I mean, even with the way that he gets into the syndication, he picks ones primarily that are giving him tax depreciation and the ability to write off some of those taxes against his against the depreciation inside that syndication. So the, there's a lot of intentionality that's coming into how do I take this dollar and get it to work for me as many times as possible. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, again, we've, we've covered this a lot, so we're not going to belabor the point here, but the idea is that by putting it through the life insurance policy, um, yes, there's a permanent life insurance death benefit, which is great. And that's what most people know about, but the real, um, value of this strategy is that you're building an account that is never being withdrawn or depleted. Right. And that's because of the way you can borrow against it. Like if you put money in your checking or savings account, First of all, it's not getting any interest right now. Even if it did get a meaningful amount of interest, it's going to be taxed at ordinary rates. But once you spend that money out of your checking or savings account, it, it may be working and compounding somewhere else, but it's gone in that account. And the idea here, um, and life insurance is one of many uh, asset classes or ecosystems, but when you can put your money into an asset and then without withdrawing from it or liquidating it, maintain that ever compounding tax advantaged you know, increase, and then be able to have that money working somewhere else. And you're also getting multiple tax benefits at the same time. In this example, you're, if you structure the policy correctly, which we've talked about before, um, then you're not getting taxed on the increase inside the uh, cash value of the policy. You can borrow against it, which is never a taxable event because it's a loan. And then if it's used for a business or investment purpose, like these syndications, usually that tax, uh, that policy loan interest is tax deductible. So that's giving you another benefit. And then of course, on the syndication side, particularly in Mark's example, the one we talked about, you're getting a massive tax deduction all up front 
that's really unique in his case because it can offset ordinary or passive income. And that's a major, major difference between a lot of other syndication investments. So you're getting multiple tax benefits in multiple vehicles, generating cash flow, tax efficiency, compounding over time. You're getting just between those two, probably you know seven to 10 different benefits if you add it all up. And you can do this with other things. You can borrow against a property like with the HELOC or a cash out refi loan. But in this case, just to keep it simple on the subject we've been on, just those two alone can be really powerful. And then we'll talk more in future episodes about how we can even further add more ecosystems to this overall cycle of wealth creation. It's something that I've heard quite a few people say now, and it's it's a defeater question. And it's, I mean, I, I don't have the amount of cash that it would take to get into something like this. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not accredited or I don't have a, you know, hundred or $50,000 to go dump into a policy tomorrow. And the answer to that question or to that defeater statement, I guess that people would be thinking about themselves or the situation, because I used to make that exact same statement is in the same way that you would save up and fund your savings account so that you have the opportunity to purchase a house down the road you can save up and fund an infinite banking account that enables you to borrow against it down the road so that you're getting into the same strategy. You're just getting into it differently. You just, you're getting into it by slow rolling the build and you're just starting to put the cash into it. And it's going to help you start thinking differently about the way that you see money and how money is being accessed. Because even the way that you access it on a simple form, like if you put an emergency fund in and then you had access to the cash in the emergency fund, uh, you're still going to be learning this concept and how to apply it. And you're using it the same way that an individual with a hundred grand is using it to get into an investment or a syndication or into purchasing a property. You're just using it on a smaller scale, but it's allowing you to, to learn how to use these tools. And so you can get into these things with as little as a few hundred dollars a month. It doesn't have to be this massive number. It doesn't have to be a dump in. It doesn't have to be uh, something that, that feels overwhelming and like it's impossible to get into. Uh, but another, just to briefly interject, I might've mentioned on the past episode, but I started that same thing. I didn't know anything about IBC or any of this, but I was 24 and started with a life insurance policy. My dad actually set me up with, and I was only putting in 200 bucks a month, you know? And like I said, sometimes it's a, it's not a get rich quick, but it's a get rich slowly thing. But the sooner you start, the better, you know, I started doing that just set it on automatic payments, forgot about it. Well, 13 years later, I'm about to buy my first investment property. And now what do you know? I've got $40,000 of cash value. I hadn't even thought about because just 200 bucks a month, slow drip every month for 13 years, all added up. And then I was able to tap into that and really start exponentially compounding that wealth. And so again, like uh, we talked about, I think in several episodes, a lot of people disqualify themselves. You know, They feel like they're too old or they're too young. And as they say, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So especially if you're young, if you don't have that much, only maybe a couple hundred bucks a month, start now. You will be blown away at how much you can accomplish over you know, uh, a period of time. And then you start really seeing those exponential compounding benefits. That's a perfect example. Uh, something else that I was thinking about while going through this and, and listening to that podcast was that sometimes we don't know how to access cash because we're limited in our understanding of, of how loans work. And there, there's a fear of having a loan. I mean, if you come from the background that I come from, which is a little bit more conservative, play it safe, like be be careful with what you've got. And, and what you find is that often the things get stacked against you. 
And in a lot of situations that I, I personally was surrounded by, I found the individuals around me, they had all the, the things against them instead of going for them. And so there's actually a way for you to have debt that's going for you, not against you. Uh, and so like a HELOC is a great example. I mean, it's it's taking access to something that you can leverage against. I remember one time, Ryan, you were telling me about the way a way to get a loan against my car value if my car was paid off. And I mean, if you're hearing that and you're like, oh my gosh, I just spent all this time and energy paying off my car. Why in the world would I get a loan against it again? Well, because the initial loan you had on the payment for your car was against you. It was just a loan to own the car. And and depending on how you look at that money, you may be, hey, I have access to that cash by not paying it all off. And so I'm just going to pay the monthly. Sure, that that's one way to have your money available to you. But really, at the end of the day, that loan is just against you personally, uh, against your car, and you're not using that money anywhere. It is just sitting in a bank. And it's so that you don't own this car until you fully pay it back. But if you were to take another loan against the car, once it's paid off, this new loan is now not just against the car, but you have access to, to where you want to allocate that money. And so if you can take that money and allocate it somewhere that's going to give you a greater return than the interest that you have on that loan, then you've got your money working for you. And you're looking for a way to leverage what you have so that you can put it into an investment and get into wealth building strategies. Because the goal in financial freedom isn't just having everything paid off and working a great job and being able to save a certain amount every single month, but it's having passive assets that are returning interest to you as the individual that's using your money. And you don't have to be the smartest guy in the block and know everything about finances to right. leverage against a car loan <laughs> or I guess against your house. You find people that know how to do it. You ask yeah. them smart questions and then you find people that have money working for them. And it's yeah. it's seen in the way that they live their life. You can see it in in the way that they, they hopefully it's in, expressed through the the emotional freedom that they have by experiencing the financial freedom. And you find those guys and you ask them, Hey, how do I take this? And how do I get into whatever you're doing so that I can start to experience some of that freedom? Yeah. And once you start learning how these strategies work on one level, you start understanding on a multiple levels. And I'll give you just a brief example for me. I just talked about how at a young age, I started just putting 200 bucks a month in this policy. Eventually I was able to borrow against that policy by an investment property, which is giving cash flow tax efficiency while the policy is still growing, had a tax deduction against the policy loan interest I used. Well, I ended up selling that property a couple of years ago, got um, a really nice return I wasn't expecting, then took that money, bought a car all cash. You know, I didn't use all of it, but I had some of it. And then I hadn't even thought about this, you know, and then I got more uh, familiar with infinite banking, put the money from the house into a new policy. But now that I had this car, I was like, I wonder if I could do the same thing. Like I know that people can do a cash out refinance loan with a property. And I obviously know how this works with my policy. I wonder if there's something like that with my car. Cause I own that. And that's like for the, probably the only time in history, cars are like an appreciating asset over the last couple of years, um, which is just probably because of supply chains and all that stuff. But um, then I looked into it and sure enough, I was able to get 125% cash out refinance loan at a fixed six year, 3.4% rate. So I was able to take a car that I already owned. I paid $20,000 for that car, like, you know, two and a half years ago, got a $33,000 loan at a super low interest rate. Now I funded another policy that I just got. And that policy is now funding other things. So this is an example of ecosystems working together where one's 
you know, you're putting your dollar to work in multiple places over and over. And yes, you're, you are accruing more debt, but the critical thing is that if you're using the debt and with a very intentional strategic plan to build wealth over time, you're much better off. Now I will tell people, if you don't have the discipline, you don't have the understanding and debt, you know, that's, it's neither good nor bad. It can either work for you or against you. And it's critical to understand how those things work. So I'm not going to ever encourage someone to go into debt if it's going to be used just for personal consumption because any debt by definition that's not building wealth is destroying it. But if you start to learn these concepts and principles with surrounding yourself with other people, then all of a sudden you start putting pieces together. And I didn't even know that was possible, but that's just another recent example of how this stuff starts building on itself. That's a really good point. Because if I can get cash by leveraging against something else to go buy myself a classic car, then I am not building myself a passive asset. Now, if I put that classic car on Turo, and it gets a bunch of people and a lot of attention and everybody's like, no one's putting classic cars on Turo because it's stupid. Your classic car is going to get destroyed, but I'm not looking at it like, hey, it's going to get destroyed. I'm trying to build a way for money to come back to me. Then I am building a passive asset. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of just the fact that sometimes people are like, well, then what if, what about this credit card? I've got the access to, to higher interest loans. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to the numbers and having to look at how it plays out on paper has to make sense. You have to have a greater return than a cost and for it to be for it to be building wealth for you. Cause like you said, if it's not building it, it's destroying it. Yeah. Yeah. And that is important. The numbers are important. The uh, the interest rate spreads are what we call the arbitrage, right? So if I can borrow, for example, of my car, you know, at 3.4%, put that in a policy that's going to earn, you know, four to 7% long-term compounding tax efficiently, and then further take that money out of the policy very safely and put it in another asset class, like a syndication or whatever else that's getting a much higher return. Well, now basically from starting with a 3.4%, you know, fixed low interest rate um, and getting a lot more cash than I put into that car, I'm now, you know, so basically, if I'm borrowing at 3.4% and earning, say, a long-term average of you know, 10 or 15%, maybe more, then that's a way to build wealth. But if I'm using credit card debt that's 25% to buy personal consumption assets that I can't leverage and can't use to build wealth, then that's a very different story. And that's obviously something you want to avoid. So you're listening to this podcast and the wheels are turning, you're getting cool ideas, or you're just getting frustrated because you're hearing another person say, make your money work for you and giving examples that are specific to them. And you're like, well, what examples specific to me? How would you speak to these individuals, both the ones that are excited about trying to find ways to get into something like this or the individual that's feeling defeated because they don't know how to get started? Well, I think, you know, definitely there's general principles that we share. And sometimes we use specific examples to hopefully make that more relatable and understandable. But at the end of the day, it's not a one size fits all approach. Everything is very individualized and custom tailored to each person's situation and their goals, et cetera. So one of the things that we talked about last week and which we have in the show notes is for people who, whether you're hearing this for the first time, you're totally lost, but you're interested or want to learn more, or if you already know about it and you want to get more specific information, um, we talked about with uh, Mark last week that you can send an email to WOW at match real estate partner, or sorry, match real asset partners.com. So you can do that right now. Send an email to WOW at match real asset partners.com, which we have in the show notes. 
we have an upcoming webinar. We don't have a date set yet, but it probably will be um, sometime in mid-October. So you can get more information from Mark's list. He'll send a bunch of stuff out. You can register for the webinar. And then as we always mention, you know, we do this personally, having learned these principles ourselves, Kyle and I, other people that we work with, you know, we're always happy to sit down and have a conversation with people. And you can also schedule an appointment at um, you know, the, the website that if you go to uh, I think that's the uh, the generic one we have, right, Kyle, for just specifically wisdom of wealth. Yep. So wisdom of wealth, uh, www at wisdomofwealth.co. Is that the email address? I believe so. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes as well. But, you know, so that you can reach out to Mark, you can reach out to us. We're going to be collaborating on this website. But whether you're, you know, interested in learning about syndications or IBC or ideally both, so you can kind of put these together. Mark had a great example of starting with the end in mind. I know I'm going to fund this certain investment with a certain profile. I'm going to reverse engineer that, start with the policy because that's what's going to fund it. And he very specifically worked with someone who could help him build out that plan. Now, that may or may not be the thing for you, but that's where the value of sitting down with someone who has experience with this can help you put together a plan that fits your life and your needs. The other thing that I want to throw in and encourage you to do is find those people in your life that are experiencing financial freedom and that are successful and that are doing something like this in one form or another and just asking them questions and coming to the table open-handed and being humble and just i know it's scary sometimes to ask but just say hey this is something i want to learn how to do and, and would you be willing to share like your strategy how did you how did you get to where you are today uh how do you how do you live so free and happy about finances and yet at the same time it seems like you're managing a lot of different things at once. How are, how are you not getting overwhelmed or, and how are you getting to this place in your life? Because often just building a relationship with someone, what you'll find pretty quickly is that they are more than happy to share the experiences that they've had, because if they get to experience that joy and that freedom, they want others to experience it. And, and often it's hard to just go and freely give that information away because it entails a lot. There's a lot of things that it entails and it's, it takes a lot of attention and a lot of focus and, and a, a want to know how this works for it to make any sense for them to explain it. And so often they're not going to just volunteer this information at a dinner party and just sit down and go, Hey guys, I just want to volunteer all this information about how I got to where I am. They'll, they'll specifically do is often just wait for the individual uh, or find guys that or young gals that are asking the right questions and they'll be tuned into that. And I believe that Finding someone who you can actually build a relationship with is also helpful on the back end because once you start learning the experiences, you need someone you can trust to go ask, hey, this is this is a syndication that someone's putting together and they're asking me to get into it and I've been doing pretty well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that's critical. And that's, that's, again, that's a more of a human ecosystem, right? And I can't tell you how much, I mean, I had a pretty good amount of financial background and knowledge uh, you know, up till uh, the last couple of years, but just from working with clients and other friends and fellow investors who exposed me to things like I'd never heard of syndications, I'd never heard of infinite banking, I hadn't heard of a lot of things. And just getting around them, it's kind of like, you know, they've done all this work, uh, studying, researching, going through the paces themselves, and you kind of just get to come in. And it's kind of like, you know, you're standing on their shoulders now, and then you can do the same for other people. And, you know, I know that Kyle and I love sitting down and talking with people. We certainly don't know everything, but 
we're more than happy to share what we can. And I think you'll find what Kyle said is very true, that when you seek people out and you're truly humble and hungry and want to learn, then people will generally want to share that knowledge with you. And uh, that's that's why we have this podcast. That's our heart is to help people to really understand how these things work, because most people don't. I didn't. I know you didn't. Most people don't just, you know, are just born with this knowledge, but it's intentionally accrued over time. And then, you know, I think most people are, are more than happy to share it. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. But again, if you're feeling overwhelmed, um, just follow up with us. We got that, that uh, email you can send to WOW at matchrealassetpartners.com. Register for the webinar. You can go to our website, which is wisdomofwealth.co. And there's all kinds of other resources we have in a variety of different ways. So reach out to us or just hopefully this gets you started on your own little rabbit trail. You can go down and look for a lot of other resources as well. Well said, Ryan. Well, thank you so much. And uh, just to reiterate what Ryan said, it, it is our passion to, to help people grow in their financial education. And we know that a podcast probably won't fully give you everything that you need to move forward. So please reach out to us because we would love to help you. And uh, thank you for joining us again, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever time of day it is. We are so excited that you're continuing this journey with us and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Hopefully what we shared was valuable, whether it encouraged you or challenged you. Our goal is to equip you to make better financial decisions. So engage with us at wisdomofwealth.co. We want to connect with you and continue the conversation. Make an appointment today. Ryan, myself, or anyone else from the Wisdom of Wealth team would love to meet with you. We look forward to talking more. And again, that's wisdomofwealth.co. See you on the next episode.